Welcome to the Fireside Giants podcast by Empire Sports Media. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Fireside Giants. I'm your host, Anthony Rivardo, joined by my co-host, Alex Wilson. And the New York Giants secondary seems like it has some pretty nice pieces to build around for the future. Now, of course, we know Deontay Banks. We love him. First-round pick out of Maryland. He's playing some good football, that rookie out on the boundary as the cornerback. We know that Cordell Flott is looking like a player that could definitely develop into our starting slot cornerback. And we also like the prospects of maybe seeing Trey Hawkins develop into a starter one day. But how about the back end of the secondary, right? That safety position. Well, there's been a lot of controversy surrounding Xavier McKinney ever since the last season. Injury during the bye week. A lot of fans didn't like that. Some coaches seemingly didn't like that. But he's bounced back in a major way few more controversies during this regular season, but again, bouncing back and playing some really good football as of late, making the Giants wonder, do we need to extend this guy in the offseason? We're going to talk about that in this episode, and we're also going to talk about the hidden gem that the Giants found at the safety position, which is Jason Pinnock, and I really like the way that he's played this season. He's a player that the Giants got claimed off of waivers from the New York Jets, and Pinnock has been really an underrated piece of this New York Giants defense, playing a lot of deep safety, moving into the box route frequently. Of course, highlight of the season is that pick six or 100 yards that he had against the Miami Dolphins, but he's made a lot of other crucial plays. So the Giants seemingly building a pretty solid safety tandem if they continue to build around these two guys, but whether or not they should is kind of the question. Do they extend Xavier McKinney? What does the future hold for Jason Pinnock? Those are the things we're going to be discussing in today's episode. But before we dive into all that, make sure to leave a like if you do enjoy this episode. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. Ring the bell so you don't miss an episode and comment your thoughts on the topic down below in the comment section. If you listen on Apple or Spotify, please make sure to leave us a five-star review. Go ahead and follow us on all of our social media channels at Fireside Giants. But without further ado, Alex, how are you doing today, my friend? And how are you feeling about the Giants' safety tandem? I'm doing pretty good. And as we've seen lately, my friends, the Giants' defense has been balling out. Of course, a couple bad performances here and there. But I think that mostly this defense has reached expectations. And unfortunately, the offense has not, which is why we are 4-8. And, and we are asking ourselves, what is the future? We're like two games out of the wild card, but also have a top-six pick. Life of a Giants fan could not get any crazy. Easier, but I do want to talk about these safeties today. Uh, Jason Pinnock has been really good, and he's actually been one of our more surprising developmental players that, you know, we scooped off off the, I guess after the Jets waved him back in 2021, landed with the Giants, had a couple of good games, and the Giants this past training camp were like, we like this kid a lot. That was part of the reason why they let Julian Love go in free agency, who's been really inconsistent this year with uh, the Seattle Seahawks, but, you know, you look at Pinnock and what he's been able to accomplish, it's kind of funny because the Jets are just in this perennial, we need a free safety, our strong safety is inconsistent, they love Jordan Whitehead and, like, Ashton Davis and, like, Tony Adams, like, some random guy. Um, Jordan Whitehead was good with the Bucks, but, you know, has also been a little bit inconsistent at times. Decent player. Um, but, you know, you look at what the, the Giants have now in, the, in terms of getting a really cheap alternative. I think uh, Pinnock is making 940 k this year, which is really, really low. Really good price for the Giants for a starting free safety who's, you know, by all accounts playing exceptional football. And then you ask yourself, you know, what does the future look like for Pinnock and Xavier McKinney? Pinnock has one year, one year more under contract at a million dollars. So he is really cheap uh, for next season, you know, have that free safety position locked up. I actually wouldn't even, like, 
that an eye at maybe considering extending him this offseason. Um, you know, getting him at a relative cheap price. I mean, I don't think he's going to get like top safety money by any means, but four or five million dollars, I feel like that's doable for McKin- for uh, Jason Pinnock. I feel like that may be something that he would consider. Uh, maybe like a three year, $15 million deal. I don't know what you think about that, but his development in this system has been really, really solid. I like him. He's an energizer. He's healthy, knock on wood. I feel like he's a consistent player for us, and I think that we should be keeping and in, in, in staying loyal to those type of guys instead of going and trying to, as you as you saw like Joe Shane say, when you bring in new guys into your organization, you also bring their personalities with them, and sometimes they don't go very well with the other players or what you're trying to build. That was a big reason why they brought in Bobby Okereke, and we spoke to Bobby Okereke. If you guys watched the interview a couple of months ago, he's a great guy, like just an exceptional human being. So looking at what the Giants are bringing in, it's when you face adversity and challenges that you see those personalities, you see those characters uh, really blossom and, and showcase what their true colors are. And, you know, Kerry in a bad season is having one of his best years, and he's playing through injury, and he's playing through adversity. And I and I think that's warranted, you know, warrants some legitimate respect. Um, Pinnock, same thing. Uh, McKinney has taken a lot of criticism, including from myself, um, over the last couple of weeks. And you know what? He's balling out, and he's proven himself, and he's showcasing. And I said, he's got a lot of football left to prove his worth, and he's doing it, man. He's showcasing why the Giants should potentially extend him, if not definitely extend him. I think a lot of people right now are saying to themselves, we should keep Xavier McKinney. And I think you, know, you were someone that was uh, heavily advocating for the fact that maybe we should keep him around. Um, so, you know, what are you thinking now? Having put together some really... Really solid performances. Had a really excellent game this past week. Obviously, touch on Pinnock as well, and you know his performance this season. And then we'll talk about those guys. You know, being being a dynamic duo, someone that the the Giants should keep together instead of split apart as the years go by. Yeah, I like the idea of keeping them together, making them a dynamic duo. But I will say, I think the future of Xavier McKinney is in some ways tied to the future of Saquon Barkley. Now, that might surprise some people to hear, but the Giants only have one franchise tag to give out each offseason. And if they're not able to come to terms on an agreement long term with Saquon Barkley... I think they're going to franchise tag him once again, and then they would have to come to a long-term agreement with Xavier McKinney, and honestly, I don't know if they're quite there yet. They might be looking at McKinney as a potential franchise tag candidate. However, Saquon Barkley is also a franchise tag candidate, so what happens with Barkley? We know that Joe Shane spoke during the bye week during this week and mentioned that Saquon Barkley is a player they never even explored trading. They didn't take calls on him. They had no interest in moving him because he's such a crucial part of this team, and they wanted to get a long-term deal done, but were unsuccessful. So does that mean that in the offseason, he's going to make sure that they get a long-term deal done with Saquon Barkley? It could mean that, and then that would open up the avenue to place a franchise tag on Xavier McKinney. However, if the Giants don't get that deal done with Saquon Barkley, and we go into this offseason expecting them to do it, and once again they fail like last offseason, then they might have to franchise tag him or move on from him via trade through the franchise tag, whatever. And then that leaves Xavier McKinney as a player who needs to be extended or you have to let him walk in free agency. So it's a little bit of a tricky situation there for the New York Giants where they kind of have to pick their poison in terms of how they want to use the franchise tag. Now, of course, there is the possibility that they sign Saquon long term, then they sign Xavier McKinney long term. But if it were me and I were Xavier McKinney coming off of a season that was good, but probably could have been a lot better if this team was more consistent. I mean, safety play is one of those things that's very dependent on the players around you. Xavier McKinney has flashed those moments where you're like, damn, this kid can be elite, right? Like that interception versus the Patriots last week. 
That was like, I saw someone on Twitter, like a, an analyst on Twitter, describe that as a Ed Reed level play. And honestly, you watch that thing back. There's not many safeties in the NFL that can make that play that Xavier McKinney made. It was an incredible interception, and that's not the first time that he's done that. It's the first time he's gotten gotten an interception this season, but if you go back two years ago when he had five picks for the Giants in 2021, he was a stud, and he was making plays like that almost routinely. So Xavier McKinney is a player who's young, has potential, maybe has been a little bit inconsistent, but he's definitely a guy that you want to build around. And so if I were him personally, I would be saying, I know that I have this talent and this ability, but because of the team around me, I haven't been able to showcase that enough, so maybe I want to play on the franchise tag. That might make sense for Xavier McKinney. Very seldom is there an opportunity where playing on the franchise tag makes sense for a player, more so than it makes sense for a team, but for Xavier McKinney, it makes sense because it pretty much gives him a one-year, fully guaranteed contract to prove himself and raise his wages for the full long-term contract the next offseason. So, I think it'll be interesting to see how Xavier McKinney approaches his free agency, how the Giants approach the fact that Xavier McKinney is a free agent, and see where they meet in the middle here, because I think that there's probably interest on both sides to get a deal done, but again, McKinney probably isn't going to get the top of the safety market money that he wants, but maybe he's deserving of because of his talent, however, he just hasn't reached that full potential because the New York Giants, for, for the last entirety of his career have really been a bad football team for the most part. So I think that there's an argument to make where playing on the franchise tag makes more sense for Xavier McKinney than it makes for the Giants to place the franchise tag on him. So I think it'll be interesting again to see how he approaches it. And if they do place him on the franchise tag, that's his prove it year. And then maybe he cashes in in 2025 with a big long-term contract, whether that's with the Giants or someone else. Now, again, you asked me kind of how I'm feeling. I would like to see the Giants re-sign Xavier McKinney. I think a three-year deal worth around $36 million makes a lot of sense, $12 million per season. It's not the upper echelon of the safety class, the safety market. It's getting there, though. It's pretty close, and I think that's kind of fair for Xavier McKinney. He's not an average player. He's definitely an above-average player, a good player, but is he a great elite player? Again, maybe he could be, but he's not right now, so I wouldn't want to pay him like one. So I think that $12 million is not that $16 million like the upper echelon of safeties, but that $12 million makes sense to me. So three years, $36 million, which for what it's worth is actually the contract I projected for Saquon Barkley last Last offseason, um, I think does make a lot of sense for Xavier McKinney. But again, he might be wanting that 16 to 18 million top of the safety market money, but he's probably not earned it just yet. So playing on the franchise tag might make sense for him. So Alex, I'm curious to know your thoughts on that franchise tag and Xavier McKinney. Is it a good idea for the Giants? And is it an even better one for Xavier McKinney? I think there is something to be said about we assume that players want to stay here. You know what I mean? Like years of losing, years of being kind of disrespected by just continuous coaching turnovers. And McKinney has been here for a couple of them. Um, And not to mention when everyone was getting big extensions, you know, Dexter Lawrence and Andrew Thomas, the Giants said Xavier McKinney, yeah, buddy, you got to freaking prove yourself. And he was like, uh, he was he was pissed off like and and we he said it he was like you know kind of frustrating um that i'm not getting the offers or what or whatnot but if he wants 16 million dollars i will personally carry his stuff out of the locker like i'm not giving mckinney 16 million dollars i really like mckinney um i thought you know earlier this season he was struggling a bit had the whole defense has really hit their stride um and he's been excellent as of late but i just it's not even about mckinney it's about i don't think paying 
safeties, specifically free safeties, $16 million is a winning move. I don't, I just don't think it's a move that is worth making. Um, I don't think that, you know, it, it's, it's something that you can survive with because if you're going to have Daniel Jones under contract and then McKinney making $16 million, I mean, who's more valuable to this team, Saquon Barkley or Xavier McKinney? Right. If Saquon Barkley is making twelve on the franchise tag and McKinney's making sixteen, that doesn't make much sense to me. The gears don't turn for me. Like Saquon Barkley is by far, in my opinion, the more impactful player. Um, just because without him, our offense is a literal joke. And and I feel as though, um, you know, you look at McKinney and he's a great player. I'm I'm fine in the in the t- in the twelve million dollar range. Like the ten to twelve million dollar range, I can I can I can live with that. Um, but $16 million, I just, maybe even 13 would be fine, but 16 is a lot for me. I guess it's more about the guaranteed money as well. Um, you know, it's probably looking at maybe a three year deal at like, what, I don't know, $39 million. That's $13 million per year. Maybe that's something that's serviceable. That's a, that's a decent contract with an out after the second season, uh, like 50% of it guaranteed. Maybe you go something in that range, but uh, like three years, 40 million. But 16 is a little rich for my blood. I, I don't know how you feel about it. If, if comparably, like if you're Saquon Barkley, and you're like, this guy was obviously, like, obviously, like, Saquon Barkley is a leader. He keeps the locker room composed. Meanwhile, Xavier McKinney's been, like, throwing nukes, like, throwing grenades into the media on, like, every other week. I feel like, you know, you have one guy who's who's actively kind of putting some negative stuff out there. And then one guy, you know, the whole, for what it's worth, this whole, like, Brian Dable, like, Wink Martindale feud, like, narrative that may or may not be true started because because of how D- Dable like let McKinney run uh, like break down the team and gave him all this like leeway but like and kind of undermined uh Wink Martindale because you know McKinney kind of took a shot and was like they're not listening to the captains like they're not tr- they're not letting us you know communicate they're not like listening to us and I don't know exactly what's going on there but that's kind of like uh, that was a kind of a Weird situation, I think, like, did not help, if that even is true. Um, obviously, I'll sell speculation, but Jordan Ronan did say, like, if you open your eyes and you're in the room every day, like, you see there is there is some beef there. There is some tension. Who really knows? Like, we're not there, so I can't say for sure uh, that he is, and, you know, we'll take his word for it if you want. But, you know, looking at the situation at hand, if you're Saquon Barkley, you know what you mean to the, to the locker room. You know what you mean to the offense. You know what you mean to the team. Is that rubbing you the wrong way that, you know, a guy who's clearly less valuable than you is getting paid Three to five million dollars more. Does it, like, what are your thoughts on that? Because I think it's a, I think it's like a, a something worth exploring um, from Saquon's perspective. Or maybe you think he doesn't care. I'm curious to get your thoughts on that. Okay. Well, firstly, I said that they should pay him twelve million, not sixteen million. I said that sixteen million no, would be the no, upper saying, echelon of safety that. market. If that's he what he that. wants. But again, that's why I'm saying playing on the franchise tag would be beneficial to him because he could probably earn the sixteen million, but hasn't just yet. But I don't think that Saquon Barkley would care. I think that Saquon Barkley is just a good human being, and he would probably be happy for Xavier McKinney, personally. I think that Saquon Barkley doesn't take things personally. He's been very clear um, in every single interview that he's ever done, every single time he's ever been questioned about his contract and about the dispute between his contract and all the negotiations. He always just says, it's a business, and I understand that. That's what he says every single time, and he praised Andrew Thomas for getting his deal. He praised uh, Daniel Jones for getting his deal, Dexter Lawrence. 
he's happy to see the dogs eat. Like, that's literally just how it is for Saquon Barkley. And I think that Xavier McKinney getting paid would not upset him or peeve him in any way. I think that it would probably make him pretty happy. And I think that there's something to be said about Xavier McKinney is also one of those leaders in the locker room. He is a captain. I know that obviously Saquon Barkley is a face of the franchise. We know that he does a lot for the locker room to hold it together. I think that Xavier McKinney does do a lot for the locker room to hold it together. I think that a lot of this Wink Martindale, Brian Dable, Xavier McKinney love triangle thing is speculation and it's a whole lot of um, connecting the dots. I don't think that there's necessarily anything that's 100% true about it. And what I will say is Xavier McKinney is one of those young leaders that this team needs. I think that when we, one of the things we witnessed, Alex, during the Dave Gettleman era was oh, the, the players in the locker room need themselves a leader. Let's go ahead and sign 40-year-old Antoine Bethea and force him into the starting lineup when he doesn't deserve it. That's stupid. That's disrespectful to the players that are out there grinding their asses off. And true leaders are good players who are young and connect well with the rest of their players, um, or the rest of their teammates, rather. And that's what Xavier McKinney is. He doesn't need to be a veteran player to be a leader. He is a leader. He breaks down the team. I know that you know that people made a to-do about him breaking down the team in the locker room a couple weeks ago, Xavier McKinney has been breaking down the team and breaking down the defense in particular for three years now. Anybody who's making something out of nothing with him breaking them down in the locker room is making something out of nothing. That's all that it is. He's been doing this for seasons because he is a captain. He is a leader in that locker room and he's well-respected amongst his teammates. That's what Xavier McKinney is. Whether fans want to realize that or not, I remember last year we played, um, or two years ago when we played Oakland and he had that, um, or Las Vegas rather, and he had that interception, there was the sights and sounds from that game, and early um, in the game, or before the game started, he was on the sideline, gave an awesome hype speech, and broke down the team, and we clipped it, we posted it on Fireside Giant social media accounts, he's been doing this for years, he's been breaking down the team, pre-game, post-game, in the locker room, Xavier McKinney is one of the best leaders for the New York Giants, in my opinion, I know, I understand, he made some comments in the media that maybe weren't the best, he ruffled some feathers for fans and reporters, reporters, but honestly, I think he ruffled feathers for reporters. I don't think he ruffled feathers for his teammates. I don't think teammates gave a shit, personally. I think that the teammates were like, you know what? I'm glad we have a leader who speaks his mind and who says what's on his mind, because you know what that did? Maybe Xavier McKinney didn't handle that the right way by saying it publicly to the media, but it opened the dialogue between he and Brian Dable and Brian Dable and Wink Martindale, and then the three of them came to a solution, and things have been happy sailing ever since. Since that happened, have the Giants not been winning more football games? Has the defense not been playing better? Have they not shifted from playing more man coverage to more zone coverage? That's happened since Xavier McKinney made those comments. So to me, I don't agree with the narratives here. I think that Xavier McKinney is a leader. I don't think Saquon Barkley would be upset about that because I think that McKinney is probably held in nearly as high a respect as Saquon Barkley in that locker room. I think there's plenty of evidence I would tell you McKinney is one of the most well-respected players in the New York Giants locker room, and he does deserve to stick around for those reasons, and I think that it is a situation where Saquon Barkley would just praise him, be happy for him, and I don't think that he would feel bitter in any way. I mean, if you want to think that Saquon Barkley's bitter about contracts, I'm sure he is to some extent. He wishes that the Giants would just pay him already, but I don't think that he gets jealous and starts judging other players and feels weird. 
I don't think that. He, sa- he says it always, business is business, and he understands that part of it. And right now, the business is saying you don't pay running backs. Safeties, on the other hand, they do get paid. And so he's going to understand that. And if Xavier McKinney gets paid, I think he's just going to be happy for him. So, um, But really, I, that is just one thing that I got to reemphasize that point because I've been thinking about this the past few days. Like The idea of signing a guy like Antoine Bethea, years later, it just really pisses me off. Like The idea of like we need a veteran presence in the locker room. So they signed this washed up 40 year old guy. Like what was Dave Gettleman thinking? That guy was so bad at that stage in his career. I'm not saying, but they was a bad player in the NFL, but at that stage in his career, forcing him into the starting lineup over guys like Xavier McKinney, I just didn't understand that. And I really, really don't understand it anymore. Xavier McKinney is young. Yes, he he needs to mature a little bit more. He is a leader, though. Sometimes it's good to have vocal, younger players, young voices who are leaders. You don't have to be old to be a leader, and he truly is a leader in that New York Giants locker room, and I think he's one that you take a look at guys like Deontay Banks. Does Deontay Banks want to sit there and get lectured by a 40-year-old man in Antoine Bethea or a player like that? Absolutely not. He wants to talk to and kick it with a guy like Xavier McKinney and hear from him and understand his perspective on things because it's far more relatable. That's a true leader in the New York Giants modern day locker room, in my opinion. So I think that Xavier McKinney holds a lot of value to this team. I think he's a good player and I would like to see him get extended. Now, Jason Pinnock, another player that I think is a leader and a player who's been playing really well. So Alex, I'm going to toss it back to you. I know that you want to talk about Jason Pinnock. You're really high on him and the way that he's played this season. How are you feeling about him? And I I imagine you, you agree he's a player that the Giants need to keep around and build around for the next several seasons yeah fortunately they have him under contract as i as i referenced earlier for one more year at a million dollars so they do have him locked in for the 2024 season if they keep mckinney then they have those that duo there honestly i'm really curious to see what happens with wake martindale like there's a possibility that he leaves after this season um maybe that maybe another team sees how well this defense played and sees him as a potential head coaching candidate um or maybe he wants to go tested different waters and maybe the little feud is real who knows like so many things could happen i hope to god that he doesn't leave (laughs) for what it's worth he is like one of the only bright spots on this team um in fact i would actually be fine promoting him to like assistant head coach and like really being more involved in the game planning from from an overview perspective helping with the clock management i mean Listen, the, the the God honest truth is that Wink Barndale has so much experience. It's like it's not even funny. I feel as though Dable could use that sometimes. Use it more. Um, and sometimes I feel like Dable and I like Dable and I think that, you know, he is the guy for us at least for next season. Sometimes I feel like he's in over his head. You know, sometimes I feel like the, the decision making is not there. Um, the timeout usage is poor, and maybe you need a quality control coach. Maybe you need Wink Martindale more involved in that way. He's always so composed. You, are, like, you ever see Dayball, and, like, he, he's just freaking out with emotion, and Martindale's sitting there, like, calm as a cucumber, like, does not even react. It's, it, and maybe he needs that presence, you know, to help him in some way. Maybe he is helping him in that, in that way, and we just don't know it. Uh, but I feel as though losing Wink would be devastating, mainly because... That that defense is the only reason that we even watch this team right now. I mean, like we're we're watching because we're like diehard Giants fans. But if the defense was as bad as the offense, I don't think I could bear to stand it. I don't think I could stand watching this team, um, watching these guys ball out, watching Dexter Lawrence, watching the growth of um, Kayvon Thibodeau. You know, watching Mike McFadden and Bobby O'Karake and Deontay Banks. Like 
that's what makes this team fun right now for me. You know, the 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 Tommy DeVito situation is exciting, and it's it's kind of like a really what it is. It's like glossing over a bad season, and we just you know found a narrative to enjoy in the meantime while we kind of wait for things to just finish off. And maybe we do make a run at the playoffs. It's totally possible, um, but you know the chances are unlikely. Is just just a, from a logical standpoint, I feel as though you know we have a difficult schedule coming up. We have the Eagles twice and whatnot, and the Green Bay Packers are not a bad team. So we'll see. Maybe we sneak a couple wins in there but you know finding a little bit of positivity is never a bad thing in a lost season we're really freaking good at it now right anthony <laughs> we're really good at finding negative positives in a bad season you know we're talking about jason pinnock right now for god's sakes like we're trying to find things to discuss that like brings us some sort of joy um and most of it comes on the defensive side but however i do want to i do want to reference one really big offensive positive from last week and that's jalen hyatt so jalen hyatt won the rookie of the week award this week and 109 yards, five receptions on six targets. They used him all over the field. They pushed him downfield. Tommy DeVito made some excellent throws, gave him a chance to make a play on, on occasion. And, you know, Jalen Hyatt's going to be a really good player when this team has a, has a competent passing game. Right now, I would say we're far from competent. I say we're inconsistent at best. Even with Tommy DeVito, I think that, yes, he's making some nice throws. The, you know, the downfield opportunities and the chances he's taking, it favors Jalen Hyatt. It gives us a chance to get back into game sometimes. But we're far from competent. Compton, my friends, we need something. We need an absolute miracle next year to get back on track offensively. Um, don't know how it's going to happen, but Jalen Hyatt is going to be a very good player for us for a very long time. We're seeing flashes of it in his rookie season. I hope his route tree continues to develop. But him and, by the way, Wondell Robinson, a guy that I really like, those two guys are the future, man. Sterling Shepard's probably gone after this year. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he drafted a receiver. I know you're, you've been looking at a lot of them for in the second round as a potential you know, opportunity for the Giants to continue building that unit out and trying to find that WR1 without spending big. Um, and I think that right now, there's a this draft class is ridiculously deep, and a lot of teams cash in on, on wide, receiver to, uh, wide receivers in the second round. So we'll do a lot of more due diligence on that front in a couple weeks uh, as we get closer to the draft, obviously, a couple months even. So you know, what are your thoughts on Jalen Hyatt, how he's grown, how he's developed? So far, I'm really impressed with um, how they've been getting him the football a little bit better recently. And I think that once we have a passing attack that is respectable, he's going to be a catalyst, man. Like He's going to be such a good player for us. I agree with you, and I think he already is a really good player for the New York Giants. I think if you take a look, a little bit of a closer look at the games that the Giants have played this season, he's been a lot more open than the stats would indicate. He's been getting open. He's been making um, a separation for himself on his routes, whether they're deep, short. He just hasn't gotten the football a whole lot, but that's bound to change after this most recent performance. Tommy DeVito standing in that pocket, whether it was collapsing or not, was just like... F it, Jalen Hyatt's down there somewhere, and he was letting it rip, and he was connecting with Jalen Hyatt, and I loved it, and I wish that the rest of the Giants quarterbacks would do that more often. I mean, listen, it's not like this is the first time that he's made plays, though. We know back in week two, Daniel Jones ripped a couple deep passes to him, some crucial plays that Zaver, uh, that Jalen Hyatt made in that win over the Cardinals, talking about that 33-yard reception on the left boundary on that corner route. That was a contested catch. Like, he had to go up there with someone on his back and rip that thing down. That was impressive. That was something that a lot of of analysts said before the draft or before he was drafted by the Giants rather that he can't do those things he can't make those contested catches those big grabs well of course also in that game he had a deep grab right deep downfield burn the cornerback those are the plays that everybody expected him to make but are we also forgetting the fact that against the Buffalo Bills 
he had another contested catch, a fourth down thrown by Tyrod Taylor. It was fourth and long, and Jalen Hyatt got up there. Someone grabbed him by the legs while he was making the catch. He hauled it in anyway. So we are seeing development and growth. We are seeing him expand. I know you want to see him expand his route tree more. I do too. I want to see him continue to improve on everything, but we are literally seeing him develop and grow and expand his skill set week in and week out because at the beginning of the season, week one, maybe he wasn't totally comfortable to make a big time grab like that on fourth down. You know, he did have a drop in the preseason that was, uh, you know, followed up by a 33-yard touchdown two plays later, but he still had a drop in the preseason. Haven't seen him drop too many passes this year. In fact, we've seen him make some really tough catches this season, and we've seen him get himself a wide open on a lot of deep routes and really break open on the underneath routes as well. So Jalen Hyatt, one of those players, uh, maybe goes into the NFL, not the most expansive, versatile skill set, but he's growing, and that's what you want to see. With these young players, they're not finished products. They need to grow. They need to add certain traits to their um, to their skill set and kind of keep growing, and that's what we're seeing from Jalen Hyatt, but we're seeing it very quickly. That's the important part. He's growing at a rapid pace. He's adding new things to his bag, new tricks to his bag week in and week out, and that's what makes him such an exciting player for the New York Giants. It tells you he's not just going to be a good player. He has the potential to be a great player for the New York Giants. It's the fact that he's developing and growing very quickly. The improvements that he's made from, you know, before he was taking snaps with the Giants to now, 12 weeks into the season, massive improvements across the board in every different facet of his game. And that's what gives you hope for the future and tells you one day this kid can be a really, really good player for the New York Giants. And again, I feel the same way about Wondell Robinson. He's also made a lot of progress, been a really good player. Is he ever going to have the expansive skill set? I don't think so with Wondell, but with Jalen Hyatt, at six foot one, four three speed, he can do all that. So it's it's exciting. The Giants do have a pair of really good young players at the wide receiver position. As you referenced, I'm going to be an advocate this offseason for them to add more talent at the position. I don't think it can ever hurt you to have more wide receivers. The more talent, the better at that position in my mind. And there are some really, really exciting players in this upcoming 2024 draft class. It is loaded with wide receiver talent. Like you think back on that season when CeeDee Lamb and Jerry Judy came out in the same class. Like that draft class was loaded with wide receiver talent. This one arguably even better like this is just a loaded draft class so I'm really excited to dive into all of the wide receiver prospects in this draft class as we churn our way through the rest of this regular season and of course into the offseason we've got a solid five months until the NFL draft and of course we're going to hit you with a ton of draft content between now and then we're also going to give you plenty of content discussing all of these Giants wide receivers like Jalen Hyatt and other young players that we are really excited about, Jason Pinnock, Xavier McKinney, all that stuff right here on Fireside Giants. So make sure to leave a like if you did enjoy this episode. Subscribe to the to the channel if you are new. Ring the bell so you don't miss an episode and comment your thoughts on the topics down below in the comment section. If you listen on Apple or Spotify, please make sure to leave us a five-star review and go ahead and follow us on all of our social media channels at Fireside Giants. But without further ado, we'll catch you all in the next one. Have a good one and let's go Giants.